Hi, this is Derek from Atlanta. Unlike Bob, I am a former law enforcement officer, but I still enjoy listening to a practical show by a practical guy. You're listening to the Handgun World Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 590 of the Handgun World Podcast. A practical show done by a practical guy and that is me. I am your host, Bob Main. This show is brought to you by Keeper's Concealment, the leading authorities on appendix carry, appendix carry holsters, and appendix carry training. Check them out. Keepersconcealment.com. I own three of their holsters, and I highly recommend them. What's even better is if you conceal carry a gun on a daily basis, you need to have adequate legal protection in case you have to use your gun. You're going to have a legal fight after the gunfight. Check them out. CCW Safe Keepers Concealment is an affiliate, and you get a discount of 10% by using the coupon code KC10OFF and you can find all of this in the show notes. I'm going to talk about bad habits this week. Bad shooting habits. I am guilty of bad shooting habits all the time. How about you? I think probably it's safe to assume that most people have some bad shooting habits. Would you agree? And that's the subject that I want to dig into. So, an old friend of the show, my good friend, my co-instructor, and my training partner, or one of my training partners, Ben Branham from the Modern Self-Protection Podcast, joined me. We shot some competition matches yesterday, or one competition matches, five stage. We shot it together Ben won this week, so I salute you, Ben. Good job. You you were right on, and I, I kind of had a slow match. A couple of weeks ago, I did real well in IDPA, but this yesterday was a little challenging, not too bad for me. But anyway, we had a chance after the competition match to talk a little bit about bad shooting habits. We saw some bad shooting habits and and some bad habits in general on the range. So this this is going to be a pretty good discussion as to what we saw. This interview is brought to you by Concealment Solutions, another one of my sponsors. I am using a Cobra outside the waistband, all Kydex Concealment Solutions holster. And I'll tell you what, Nobody ever knows whether I'm carrying inside the waistband or outside the waistband when I'm using this holster. As a matter of fact, they don't know that I'm carrying at all. Or if they do, they don't tell me about it. So check them out, concealmentsolutions.com and Handgun World, all one word, Handgun World, gets you a 10% 
DiscountConcealmentSolutions.com. Let's get right into the interview with Ben Branham, and I've got more comments when it's over. Hey, Ben Branham's here with me. We're sitting in the Handgun World Mobile Studio. Welcome back, Ben. Hey, we're all here. We just got off the range shooting. We had fun. We had fun. 87 degrees here in South Texas, so we're sitting here, uh, got the air conditioning cranked. We had a good time shooting AASA. So thanks for coming on. So I wanted to get you back on and, and talk about our class coming up. So we got Beyond Concealed mm-hmm. Carry one day coming up. We're back We're back in the training saddle again, for at least for a little while. Trying to be. Trying to be. <laughs> yeah, in Houston. Come out and see us. One day, 350 rounds, $250. That's the sales pitch. But, you know, the important thing is you're going to get to shoot a lot. You're going to get to draw a lot from the holster. You're going to get to work a lot on movement and shooting. Those things you can't do on a square range. And you generally, even here, you know, what do we shoot? 100 rounds? But really, it was six five stages five stages we five drew, stages we drew from the holster three times and we got to move twice so and we still fired 100 rounds so wherever you go you fire a lot of ammo but you know what's the most important thing in a shooting thing i think your self-defense is you got to get the gun in your hand so that may be the most important thing well ever. and you got to get it out of the holster so you got to get it out of and the holster you got to get it out of the holster quickly safely quickly and efficiently and get the first two to four rounds on target and we're going to teach that in bcc aren't we yeah and it depends on whose study you believe to whether holster speed is fast or slow or whatever but you gotta there's no nobody can argue with you if you're going to get in a gunfight and you're going to win you're going to have to make hits you're going to have to get the gun out of the holster and into your hand and into the fight so that's why i say it's the most important thing is getting that that gun out of the holster and onto the first round and we teach you to do it quickly efficiently and well i i call it the dumb dumb method because no matter what clothes i'm wearing what holster i'm wearing it all works our techniques work and even if someone's a relatively new shooter are they welcome in our class oh of course if you can make hits on target and run the gun and i say run the gun just if you can reload and load the gun load your magazines and you can fire the gun and make hits you're advanced enough to be in the course yeah and one of the cool things that i think you and i do that's pretty much unique in this industry is there are two professional instructors at the class is i don't know of any other classes you go to where you've got two professional instructors so if if you think you might need some personal attention in this class we can we can pull that off pretty easily yeah i don't think there's many classes that have two and two independent thinkers too. We kind of devised this course, and it's gone over the last. And we've been eleven this, years. Yeah, I was going to say over ten years now, a decade. We've been refining this course and making it work. And we still have different points of contentions where we talk about different things and we disagree on things. And we, and I think that's good for the students. Yeah, give you a two double point of view from different things about safety, no safety, about how you reload. We still kind of do that differently. We've gotten into the movement where we're more the same, but I can still teach you the young man, super-duper military way if you want to learn it. And then you and I we have gotten to the point where we do the old man move and make it work. But you could say, Oh, are well, you saying I'm the guy that teaches the old man move? You used to be <laughs> 10 years ago. Uh, uh, I am the guy that used to that, – that I'm, I'm the one that does teach the old man move, yes. And now that I'm catching you in age. Because I'm an old man. I'd so, rather do uh, the old man movement too. <laughs> So if you're young and stout and in the military, law enforcement, you're welcome. You'll learn some cool movement techniques that you probably didn't learn where you should have learned. 
And then if you're old and crippled, um, we had an 81-year-old take the class one we time. We did. I remember. He was a lot of fun. I remember. Real smart old guy. Yeah. So anything in between, you're welcome to do at our course. And that that's the other thing that we're not dogmatic, I think, is one of the, our best things is I will give you a technique that works for you. Yes. And what works for a 22-year-old spec ops warrior it's different it's going to be different than an 80 year old gentleman that's at the peak of his life and you're going to have different threats to deal with but he's going to run a different technique than before so well we'll just teach you to be we'll teach you to be efficient with what you have and according to your ability yeah and with with both of us we know enough techniques that we can give you one that'll work for you so correct we 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 teach a baseline technique and then everything else we fit the student that's why we like to keep the classes a little smaller and we like to have both of us because our favorite thing to do as an instructor is hey bob that guy's having a trouble can you help him out real quick i don't know what the heck he's doing and bob will do the same thing he's like hey ben what what is he doing go help him out real quick so we get you lots of personal attention and fun and this is turning into a big long spiel for our class. Well, you know what we're yeah we're doing a little bit of a spiel for our class right now, but we're also explaining some benefits and some things that people need to need to focus on. So we only ask for a day of time. It's June fourth, Saturday, in the Houston area at the Impact Zone Range, uh, eight thirty to five thirty. Right? Yep. Okay. Easy. And okay. Then- but you know, let's morph this a little bit and help you guys out so you don't just hear our our pitch for our class. If you don't come to our class, Bob and I are huge believers in training. Yes. Go. You're going to learn some cool stuff. Go no to someone's go class. To, go to any class. Have fun. Meet a lot of people that are out there with you. You'd be surprised. You have one thing in common, shooting, and then all the other stuff you do. You meet some awesome people. You do. And have a great time and learn some skills that might save your life. So, Hopefully, yep. you never have to use them. So, yep, yep, when you're looking that. for an instructor... I think you should look for an instructor more like me and Bob. There's a lot of instructors out there that are dogmatic. It's my way or the highway. Well, we don't do that. We don't do that because we already talked about the difference in the people that come from our class, from a 22-year-old spec ops warrior to an 80-year-old lawyer. They can't do the same things at the same time. If I had one technique and you have to use this technique no matter what, and no other technique, no other grip, no other trigger technique, no other movement technique is going to work, you have to do this one. One of those guys is going to not be able to do it. Right. So when you're looking for an instructor, you're looking for an instructor that will get the technique that you can do the best to make it work the best for you. And it depends on how much training you have, your size, your strength, your athleticism. All Mm -hmm. that stuff is going to have to do with how you actually shoot the gun and how you perform different techniques. Yep. And those different techniques should also include, which we do, is some tactics. We do put tactics. Even in the one-day class, we're going to get into defensive tactics. So, okay, enough about our class. I think people got the point. We hope that you come train with us. You can go to either one of our websites, handgunworld.com or modernselfprotection.com. They'll find the class listings there and uh, get signed up. So let's talk about guns, Ben. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about bang-bang uh, guns. So today, we just got done about uh, 20 minutes ago. We got done shooting competition. What gun did you shoot today? A uh, SIG 320X. A SIG 320X. I'm enjoying it with and the you SIG have an optic. on it. You have an optic. Which yep. one? The SIG Pro 1 or the SIG Romeo 1 Pro. Okay. SIG Romeo Pro. I don't know. It's a SIG Dot. It's their Pro version. It's their latest version. It's kind of cool. I'm enjoying it. I'm getting better at the Dot. I'm moving faster with the Dot. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's this old man is coming around to new technology. Finally, 
I didn't come around to the dot on my rifle until like six, seven years ago. So this is really fast for me to adopt the dot on the pistol, but dots are okay, but they fail, they walk, they have problems. They're still not, on the handgun, they're still not perfect. I mean, one of the guys today, his his dot had walked on him and he couldn't make a hit. He had to switch out guns and go back to his iron sights on a different gun because yep. the dot walked on him. Yep. So the dots aren't perfect yet. No, they're not. Uh, they're slide mounted, and whenever something slide mounted, mounted, and it's and it's you know every single shot, it's slamming back and forth like that, and it's a piece of electronics. There's just there could be issues with that. It's a lot of issues. We even worry about the Glock sights that come with the gun because they're plastic being sheared off from that much force. Yeah. And now you're going to put that optic in there with all the plastic electronics. And all you're that not plastic worry about electronics, the force. yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of force. Somebody hasn't figured out how to, you know, sooner or later we'll figure out how to but do it But you right. shot it well. I shot iron sights today. I shot my Shadow Systems MR920. And mine's just like it came out of the box. I haven't done anything to it. So I got the real nice iron sights that Shadow Systems puts on there. And... uh I, it ran fine. I mean, I didn't run it fine, but the gun ran fine. Except when I had some bad ammo in there. Yeah, you had, had a couple of malfunctions. Uh, so you're going to get a SIG, I guess, pretty similar to what you shot, right? Yeah, this one's borrowed from our good friend, Dr. Adeen. He let me borrow it. And, uh, John, if you ever want your gun back, let me know. If not, <laughs> um, I'm going to keep shooting it until, uh, well, I have to buy you another one. And a big <laughs> shout-out right now to Dr. John Adeen. And uh, doctors responsible. Excuse me. Doctors for responsible. <laughs> doctors gun for responsible. I, I always want to say doctors responsible for gun ownership, <laughs> and that'd be kind of a good thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, if you're if you're a doctor or, or in the profession of medicine, go look up doctors for responsible gun ownership. They actually have really good stuff to do debunk a lot of a lot of the industry quote industry studies that are yes. coming for doctors that aren't studies somebody's making them up and funding them with horrible money drgo.us is the website i'll put that in the show notes so you want to get a sig yeah and i want to get actually the m17 m17 the military version because i want the safety i want my on and off switch again and i know you like that yeah you hate that i like that and I don't hate it. All at it's just I just don't prefer <laughs> it. But you know, if you here's the thing, and I, and I mentioned to you before the match, as long as you're willing to put the time in and the work in to manage that safety, you're you're fine. But the the problem is, is not a lot of people put the time in. And I think a lot of people hop from gun to gun to gun. They do. They hop from different from one. If gun I go to from a, a Glock to a 1911 to uh, a guy was shooting a Beretta today with a manual safety. It's, you know, that safety works, is in a different spot and works in a different direction. Yes. If I want the gun to be on fire on the Beretta, I got to flip that safety up. If I want the gun to be fire fire on the SIG that I'm trying to buy on the safety, that safety has to go down. Like a 1911. Like a 1911. So if you go back and forth between these three different platforms, of course you're going to screw it up. Well, and again, not to, not to make this a big argument about safeties and whether you should have one or not. It is personal preference. Here's the way Bingo. I look at it. Here's the way I look at it. If you can draw, click off the safety, make your hits, and you can do that as fast as everybody else, what's wrong with that? Nothing. Cool. You know, if you can do it. And if you've practiced enough and trained enough to where you can do that. Now, you used... What did you use in combat? 
Uh, so I had a Beretta. Uh, no, I had a Glock when I went over there. Oh, you had a Glock as okay. a contractor. Okay. So no safety. But before that, I was running a 1911, and I ran that for almost a decade for armored cars and other stuff. And oh, that's right. Yeah. It worked great for me. And no, I never missed the safety because I trained myself correctly, and it was the only thing I shot in combat. In fact, it was had, your rifle was your weapon. Yeah. In yeah. fact, I had three pair of ordinances that were set up exactly the same i even took them to the gunsmith and said i need all three of these triggers to yeah. feel the same yeah. and paid hundreds of dollars to get the, all the triggers the same the safety set up the same everything the same so that when i switched guns they were all the same yeah and i didn't carry anything else until i became a contractor and they made me carry a glock or i would have taken a 1911 with me so that's when i started carrying a plastic tupperware gun the only thing i would say about that is we've had students in class ben that missed the safety. Yep. And we've had them not depress the grip safety far enough and their gun wouldn't fire. That's happened too. So they've missed not only the thumb safety, but they have they didn't depress the grip safety properly. Well, they had and, the grip safety on an XD, not a 1911. Right, it but was it not possible. a 1911, but it was on a gun with a grip safety. Yeah, with and the yeah. XD. So All you, of it's possible. Yeah. All of it might be probable. Um, it's you. Check... Maybe not probable, but it is possible. It's all possible. And it's something that you got to train for. Bingo. Yeah. If you train yourself and you use the same gun, you'll be okay. Somebody and, said it. I don't know. Maybe it was you said it, or I'm, I'm going to copy somebody, but you have to marry the platform yeah. if you're going to carry a gun with a thumb safety. And no cheating. Yeah. <laughs> and no, yeah. You got you to gotta marry that gun because you got to make the commitment to. Learn it, train with it, stick with it, and don't get off and of do that. Do the same gun. thing every time, all the time. Exactly. I remember having a, you know, speaking of the Beretta, I remember having a student with a Beretta that couldn't decide whether he wanted to run it with a safety on or safety off. Yeah. And he kept messing with it. And I, I finally stopped him like halfway through day one, and it was a two day course. And I said, Look, you carry the Beretta, that's fine. I don't care. You're going to pick one right now safety on, safety off. And you're going to do it the same way every freaking time. Every time. And he's like, oh, I'm trying to figure it out. Nope, doesn't matter. Pick one right now, and that's how you're going to run this gun for the rest of your life. Right. And so that way you don't mess with it. He had, we were halfway through the first day, and he had screwed up that safety like three times already coming out to shoot a string. And it was only halfway through the first day. That's the problem we all have. We decide and we create a habit, and we don't create the right habit. I was thinking about that today with all the bad habits we see out on the range here. Oh man, I had there to tell one guy. I had to tell one guy who comes out here and shoots with us a lot. Uh, you know, he had his whole finger wrapped completely around the trigger when he was reloading, and and I just I was polite about it, but you know, you just can't do that. Get your finger off the trigger when you're moving. Well, no, he was reloading and reloading. Yeah, he wasn't moving. He was standing There's... still. He was reloading. But his finger was, and I mean, completely wrapped around the trigger. You want to come out here and you want to see some bad habits, go to a, a shooting range with a competition going on yep. and see what those guys are doing because they have some horrible habits. Yeah. So you want to create a good habit for yourself with a, whatever manual safety you're going to use. And speaking of habits, you know, training with your gun, you're building that, I hate to use the word muscle memory, so this is the last time I'll say it, but you're going to create good habits and you're going to re- your mind's going to remember what to do um you know if you habit. got a glock it, stop worrying about the grip angle because that's a that's a bs argument if you train with that glock matter. you know there are a lot of shooters who have won national championships with glocks bob vogel dave savigny you know but if you got a 1911 you got to 
make sure you're working those safeties. Yeah. Well, and if you work for a department or an agency or a company that issues you a Glock, yeah. don't complain about it. Just adjust. Just adjust I, and learn it. I went from the 1911 to the Glock. I hated a Glock. But you know what? I'm going overseas, going yep. to fight baddie guys as a contractor, and they said, we're issuing Glock 19s. So I sold two of my 1911s, bought a Glock 19, and spent thousands of rounds, thousands of draws to reprogram myself yep. so that I could shoot a Glock 19. Well, you can complain about it all day that the grip angle's wrong, and it sucks, and it doesn't feel right, and it's looks ugly and it feels like a block and it feels like a block not a glock right you can complain all you want but the gun runs fine it's accurate enough and you can make it work for anything that you need to make it work so just stop going back to the other platforms and when i put that 1911 up i even sold two out of three of them i have i still have my first one because it's my baby but i bring that thing out that other 1911 i'll bring it out of the safe once a year and yeah. just shoot it for fun and I might put 10, 20 rounds through it because it's no longer my service weapon. It's not what I carry. Yeah. Whatever I carry is the one that I shoot all the time, every time. Exactly. And I train with every time. I don't pull other crap out of the safe just to goof off with. Nope. I've got my favorite guns or my service guns and that's it. If you guys are to the point where you have a service gun or you decide this is my this is my weapon, you know, this is my gun, this one's for shooting, this one's for fun have your one gun that you use all the time and that's it don't complain just do it you'll get real good at it you'll make all the good habits yeah and you'll shoot better and better and better and you do it the right way you do it where you carry the one that you shoot all the time so many people do it the opposite way like they'll come out here to competition where we were today and they'll have their race gun or they'll have some kind of a full-size gun that they shoot all the time and then what do they do when they carry they slip a j-frame in their pocket well, they're not always out here shooting with the J-frame that's in their pocket. That's the opposite, and I think probably the incorrect way to do it, the way to do it is to carry what you shoot all the time. Yeah, if at all possible, or carry a cut-down version of it This is set up Or the same a smaller way. version of what you shoot all the time that's so, set up the same yeah, way. Yeah, those nine, 1911s I had, I had three of them set up different, two full-size ones and one compact officer's model. The compact officer's model was for me to carry off-duty when it was lighter and carry concealed. But yeah. it was set up the same way as all the other ones. Yeah. And I just used the cut-down version. Yes, it recoils a little different. Yes, it reloads a little different because it's smaller. But if you shoot it, you're frame. fine. But it's still the same controls, the same muscle memory of running <laughs> the gun. You use those words. <laughs> it's really, you know, I was thinking about it today, and it's like, Somebody said muscle memory on the range, and I'm like, no, it's just a stupid bad habit that we've got. It's just a stupid bad habit. Like the one guy that had his hand on the gun when he pulled the trigger to clear the gun. I saw that. Stupid bad habits that are in, and he couldn't even remember that he did it because he he clears the gun out of habit so many times. Here at, if you guys don't know, you haven't gone to a competition, it's when you're done, unload, show clear, slide forward, hammer down, and holster. And they say it so fast that... I can't even say it that fast. And then the guy that's there, that's the good shooter, he does it faster than you can say it. Right. And the gun's in the holster by the time you say the last of the words. Right. And so it's just habit. And he did that one time, and he was, for some reason, he was touching the gun with his left hand when he pulled the trigger to make sure there was nothing else in the gun. Right. Bad habit. You know, it's not going to kill him because his hand's behind the muzzle. But, you know, if that gun goes off and your hand's on top of it and that slide... You know, it just hurts. It's a bad habit. It just hurts, and it's a bad habit. And even worse than the bad habit that he had with that is that he was doing it so fast, it's just straight-up habit. So he's not paying attention to what he's doing. Straight-up habit. Didn't look, didn't see, 
didn't feel, don't know if the gun's really empty because he didn't slow down to look. Yeah. Bad habits. So we'll, and we'll help you correct this at Beyond Concealed Carry when you come. Yeah, stop pulling the trigger on it. On a freaking empty gun that you don't want to fire. How's right. that? Yeah. Right. Well. Drives well, we, yeah. That's a whole nother. You know what? We should do a podcast about that one day. Um, I understand that a competition match. They don't know who's here, so everybody has to have an empty gun when they finish the stage. I get that for safety reasons, but I just think that that builds bad habits. I know it builds bad habits. So there I've are seen it in the military and yeah, the army and the Marine Corps were awesome at shooting the clearing barrels at three feet because <laughs> they have bad habits going on. Did and they then, at least make good hits? Yeah. <laughs> it's because they had bad habits. Yeah. Bad habits get people in trouble, and then you get it to where you do it so many times so fast. Uh, there's, I don't know, where we want to start with accidents and bad habits and deaths, and you know, I can name a couple in the Marine Corps bad habits that have killed people. So Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> no, don't do that. Matter of fact, you just gave me an idea. I'm going to title this episode Bad Habits. And that's one of the things. A lot of us don't know we have bad habits. Well, and then some of us do it anyway. So I'll give you a bad habit of mine. Okay. I like to catch the round out of the gun because I won't pick it up out of, off of the dirt. It's a bad habit and a good habit. It's a bad habit that... Looks it, cool. It looks cool. It always looks cool. It's a bad habit in that... I'm paying attention to something else besides the gun in my hand. Right. I have to watch that round come out and I have to catch it. That's the bad the bad part is that I have two things going on in my head. What's the most important thing? I should be paying attention to what that gun and that muzzle is doing above all else. Right. Not catching the round out of the air. Right. So I drop it. You know, we did it five times down there and I dropped it once. You know, so I catch it four out of five times. Yeah, not too bad. But you know, it's it got a habit when I was a contractor overseas because that round gets damaged every time it falls on the rocks. Mm-hmm. And every time I, for one base I was on, every time I had to go on a building, I had to clear the stinking weapon. And I'm base security, so I'm walking around with a live weapon. Yeah. I have to go in the building. I have to pull the magazine out, clear the weapon. And there's somebody standing there, one of my guards, telling everybody to clear their weapon. So I have to set a good example and actually clear my stinking weapon. At another base, we didn't have to clear the weapon, but they were supposed to be all empty when you went in a building. So I would just leave the round in the chamber and pull my magazine out and walk in. Nobody said anything. But when you have to stand there at the clearing barrel and rack the slide, so, you know, dropping that round 100 times on the dirt a day would do damage to that round. So I kind of got into the habit of catching them and got good at it. Well, now, still, I got to be able to man that weapon above all else. So if you're trying to catch the round, I'm not... 100% 100% focused on what that weapon is doing and my world around it. So That's a very good point. And I say bad habit, but good habit in that I also will not pick up the round in the pile off the ground in the dirt yeah. because I'm not sure which one is actually mine. And I have done it's it. It's not worth the 38 cents. I have done it where I've picked up the wrong round, thumbed it in a magazine, and tried to put it in the wrong gun. It, you do that once and it scares the scared the bejeebus out of me yeah. when I did it with a rifle. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking huge pressures with a pistol. It's just dumb, dumb, and you'll probably be okay. Even if the gun blows up, you'll be all right. When you start playing with rifle pressures... Different story. Now it's a different story, and I did it on a rifle. I picked up just the steel round because I shoot all the steel crappy Tula and Monarch and all that other crap. Stuck in it. Tried to stick the wrong bullet, the wrong round in my AK. And the only reason... I don't know why I checked, but I pulled that for the next stage. I pulled that mag out of my pouch, went to shove it in, looked at the top to make sure the rounds were seated correctly, and I went, hey... One of these is not like the others. The top one was the wrong <laughs> back, size. Back to Sesame Street, right? Yeah. <laughs> All of them look the same size except for that one on top. I probably would have been okay. It was a 4.5 five, 
by seven six two going do into a seven six three seven six two by thirty nine. Yeah, that's so not, it that's was smaller. Good, yeah. It probably wouldn't have blown up my rifle, but it scared me enough to go. You know what? This is a stupid bad yeah, habit that yeah. I'm picking up the round off of the ground because yeah. what happens when I get the wrong round? Correct. Got the wrong round. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just like, well, you know, it's a cost of doing business. So good habit, bad habit. If you can start recognizing these bad habits and figure out why you're doing them, why you're not doing them, why you shouldn't be doing them, why you should be doing it. So if you go over all your habits as you're handling your pistol or your rifle and figure out, you know, which one's good and which one's bad and get rid of the bad habits, you'll be a lot safer. You'll be a lot safer. Good. Ben, thanks for joining me. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. And uh, let's do this again maybe maybe in two or three weeks when we do competition shooting yeah. again. How's that? Yeah. Thanks for... Like I say, if any guys want to come, we're at a place to shoot every other week. Every other week we, we come here for the, competition we're for talking competition about. For competition yeah. for, what is it, the single action shooting? No, no. American what? Action Shooting American Association. Action shooting. And every once in a while we're over at uh, Texas Tactical's IDPA club here in San Antonio. But if you're in San Antonio, come see us. Come see us and uh, come see us June 4th in Houston for our class. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Ben. All right. Thank you to Ben Branham for giving me his time. We were both kind of tired after the shooting match, but I always appreciate it when somebody gives me time. And Ben did an in-person interview with me while we were sitting in the 2006 Toyota 4Runner, which also happens to be my paid-off Handgun World Mobile Studio. So I got some more questions, or more comments, actually, about bad habits. Ben and I just covered several of them. But I'd like to talk about bad practicing habits. So many people when they train or practice, everything is standing still. The shooter stands still, the target stands still. Sometimes it's in an indoor environment, even if it's in an outdoor environment, everybody's still and they're at three to four yards. I think those are bad habits, and let me explain why. You may or may not disagree with me. I'm open to your thoughts. As you know, I have a voicemail. You can call in your thoughts or comments at 210-646-1727. You can email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. You can put a comment on the Facebook post or the Twitter post for this episode. Whatever. I'm open-minded, and I don't know everything. I'm going to admit right now, I don't know everything. I'm always open to either criticism or comments, so let me know what you think. But I think that's a bad practice habit. I really do. I think it's a bad practice habit to do that. Now, if you're testing a new gun or you're testing some ammo or you've made some changes to your gun and you want to test it out to see if it's running fine, then there's nothing wrong with standing there and putting holes in paper at 3, 5, or seven yards but that's not practicing and that's not training and that's a bad habit to get into let me explain why because when we teach classes for example and i sure hope that you join me and ben and train with us for a day on june 4th when you go to any class one of the things that they're probably going to do if it's a good class And if it's more than just a beginner class, they're going to teach you how to shoot from different positions, shooting on the move, doing things like that. So that's what you should be practicing. If you analyze self-defense gunfights, and there's many of them that have been analyzed, many of them out there, 
thousands and thousands and thousands of gunfights analyzed, very seldom are the two people or whoever's involved in the fight, very seldom are they just standing there. Movement is always involved. Shooting from different positions is usually involved. Go back to last year when I had Greg Ferris, the owner of Cedar Ridge Range, come out to our class and sit with us during lunch break and do an interview. And he talked about two self-defense gunfights that he was in. And I know that Greg did not do everything correctly. You know, who would? Who really does everything absolutely correctly? It's a fight, folks. It's a fight. It's a gunfight. It's, <laughs> it's a situation where you're in fear of your life. That's a high-stress, high-adrenaline, very difficult encounter to even survive, much less do everything right. I got a lot of comments, a lot of emails. Bob, you know, Greg, Greg should have done this and should have done that. He was wrong in doing this and wrong in doing that. Sure, maybe so. I would like to see how you would perform in a gunfight. Actually, I really don't. Actually, I really hope you are never in a gunfight. I hope I am never in a real gunfight but before you start to criticize ask yourself what what do you think that you would do how do you think that you might handle the situation and it's going to be a high stress encounter so a bad habit is to stand there and put holes in paper over and over and over and over again if you can shoot from different positions please do so if your range does not allow it, find a range that allows that. If you can move and shoot, find a range that allows that. Draw from a holster. Practice taking a step or two and then drawing from a holster. If your range does not allow you to do that, find a range that allows you to. If you can't find a range that allows you to do that and become a member there and use it regularly, get to training classes once every five or six months or so, or even more than that, if you have the time and you can afford it. If you really want to be serious about this and you really want to be at your maximum effectiveness if you get into a fight, that's my opinion on this stuff. So try to avoid that bad practice habit. Another bad habit that is a, a, a bad training habit, bad practice habit, is a lot of people only practice double taps. That's it. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, double tap is two real quick shots. Sometimes it's two quick shots to the body or two quick shots to the head if you're practicing head shots. But double tap, and that's it. Sometimes law enforcement over, over practices double taps. Don't always assume that two shots is going to end the fight. Don't always assume that, especially if you've got multiple attackers. It may take more than two shots. And if all you've done is practice double taps and that's it, you, you may double tap one bad guy and, and that's it. And then you've left the other bad guys alone. Why? Because you're likely going to perform exactly what you practice. Think about that. In a gunfight, you're likely going to perform whatever it is that you practice or whatever it is that you train yourself to do. And you're probably not going to be as effective as you are training or competition shooting. 
I mean, I'm just telling you, in a real gunfight situation, you probably are not. Here's something, here's a similar analysis I'm going to give you. Personal experience. You get some Bob Main personal experience right now. You know, for those of you who have been following me long enough, you know that I've been in sales now 36 years. And I've had a lot of really good sales training in my life. Very good sales training. But still, after all these years and after all the training, when I'm in an intense negotiation or I'm in a big-time, high-level presentation or there's a lot of pressure on me, I don't always perform to the level that I did when I practice. And yes, those of us in sales, we do practice. Sometimes our practice is in the field. Sometimes our practice is with other customers. But the most important thing I want you to remember is you're probably not going to perform to the level that you've been training. And if you do, great. But there's a good chance that you won't. You need to be prepared for that. So be careful of creating a bad habit of only double tapping and not stressing yourself out. You have to stress yourself out. You you know, when you get stressed out, that's when you start to learn. When you get out of your comfort zone, there's, there's two zones, comfort zone and danger zone. All right? You better... You better be good in your comfort zone and you better create everything as if it's your comfort zone or you're going to find yourself in a danger zone, okay? You need to be comfortable with what you're doing and be in that comfort zone. Otherwise, you'll be in a danger zone and that's not a very good place to be. So practice shooting three times, four times, five times. Practice shooting two and three in the body and one to the head or two two to the body and two to the head or two to the target on the left and three to the target on the right and maybe four on the target in the middle this is the kind of stuff where competition shooting and training you know you got to you have to do this stuff so this is what builds good skill for those of you who are patreon members of mine i've got a video on there called the step up drill it's kind of a drill that i created for myself that helps me a lot you step it up you step it up. You step up. You start with a slow pace and one shot, and then you go to two shots and step up the pace. And then you go to three shots and step up the speed some more until you get to five shots, and then you back it down again. So it's kind of like a step up and a step down drill. It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. Check it out. If you're a member of my Patreon club, check it out. Even if you're a Shooters Club member, it's on the Shooters Club as well. You can support my show. Folks, my sponsors are great. They're great companies, great people, but it's not quite enough for me to keep my show going and and, uh, and the time that I invest in doing this to help you folks. So if you don't mind, if you could support me on Patreon for as little as $3 a month, you can do that. Go to patreon.com slash handgunworld. That'll also be in the show notes. And there's a good step-up drill on there. There's a lot of really good customized interviews on my Patreon page as well. Uh, part twos of a lot of the guests that I've had on this show. Custom videos, custom interviews, and things like that. Customized podcasts, podcasts for just my Patreon members. And Ben Branham and I have been doing that on the Shooters Club for... A long time now for a very long time we got pretty close to I think 95 episodes 
that you can learn a great deal by for eight dollars a month becoming a shooters club member so check that out shootersclubmembers.com but i i created the step up drill to kind of break some of the bad habits of just shooting something twice or once or whatever you don't get stuck in a rut to where you're you're practicing the same thing all the time and that's that's another bad habit practicing the same thing every time i'm going to cover some more of that next week but that's it for this episode i hope you got a lot to think about and i hope that you got a lot from this episode if you listen to this show on apple podcasts or used to be called itunes give me a review wherever you get this podcast if the app lets you give me a review please give me a review remember shoot straight shoot safe read your bible every day and i'll talk to you again next week Get my gun